Lee Adams is the host of Cosmic Echo, a lucid dreaming podcast, and creator of Taleaders.com, a blog and online community of lucid dreamers and psychonauts. Lee is also the first person I ever recorded a podcast with. I was on the show way back in 2018, and I was just beginning my hero's journey and leaving the world I had known behind. In this episode, we explore topics such as creating community in the online age, the impact of AI and technology, designing a second brain and architecting your life, collective intelligence, ethical technical design or ethical tech design and liberating structures, materialism versus mentalism, consciousness and reality, death, the soul, and the pursuit of meaning. This is True North Project, a podcast that's equal parts sense-making, soul-searching, and storytelling. And I'm your host, Christian. If you like the vibe we're putting out here, please subscribe on your platform of choice. Leave us five stars. That is the best zero-cost way to support us, and it helps us warrant the attention of bigger and beefier guests, as well as making me very happy. You can access all the relevant links at truenorthproject.com. Enjoy this conversation with Lee Adams. I'm figuring out Zoom, man, technical things. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually pretty dope software in the sense that... Right. I mean, obviously, people wouldn't have mass adopted it at scale if it wasn't, but basically everyone uses it. So that's the main reason why I use it. It's not because it's the best tool for capturing podcasts. Right. It's just because everyone is used to it and is familiar with it. Right. So it's like, yeah. it seems like at least, you know, what do you think? Do you, you use Zoom a lot? Uh, I use Discord a lot, but not everybody uses Discord, you know? Like if you're just going to record uh, uh, people that aren't, online a lot you know gamers and stuff then uh -huh. discord's still kind of like something a lot of people don't use or know about you know so the setup's a lot more whereas zoom is long story short if i was going to do podcasts i'd definitely do zoom over okay. any other option yeah for sure yeah discord um is a weird place <laughs> but yeah. i enjoy it like it's a it's a cool kind of weird it's an interesting yeah. kind of weird it just feels fringy. It feels like cyberpunky in some way. Like yeah. that is just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, too, maybe it's just too gamery for me, but yeah. Um, I really been playing around. I just go in there for mid journey. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, um, I use it. I do have like a group on there. That's really good, but it's um, every group that I've joined that um, I kind of didn't intentionally make you know it's kind of too hyper you know it's like this weird anime thing where it's like super hyper and like the conversations are very like meta you know and it's like wow like i can't even i couldn't even communicate to those people on discord you know so it's like it's a very strange environment you know yeah it's like internet natives yeah in some exactly sense. you know it's so similar to reddit i feel like reddit can have some pretty weird places yeah uh, as well but um so what are you using the discord server that you set up for like what what servers do you like what do you do you have like a community for your around your blog still or whatever yeah so i have like the, a dream community and then um i kind of honeypot people from there and pick those people <laughs> <laughs> for real bit because like i found out that like when i made groups of people that anybody could join you get a lot of interesting weird people on there you know that don't really vibe with you i guess and so some of them are rude but then some people you know you're like i like this guy or this person or whatever and 
you don't really know who they are, but I like this person. They're speaking on the same kind of wavelength that I am. We can have a conversation. They're sticking around. They're not like instant gratification kind of person, you know? So then I send them a message. I'm like, hey, just so you know, this group is actually just like a honeypot and I invite them to like the real group. And so like, and they all stick around. A lot of those stick around in the honeypot group and they like communicate to those people and try to help them out and stuff like that. Or like tell people off if they're like being jerks and stuff like that. So, and a lot of people, it's pretty dead in the original group, you know, because there's not a lot of like quality people there anymore, really, you know, besides like ones just kind of sticking around to help out. So people come in there and they're like, well, there's nothing here, you know? And I'm like, Hey, I'm here to help you. If you have a question, you know, people are here, you just have to ask. And then like, sometimes they ask and then sometimes the conversation starts and that's how it grows. So like, I, I don't really hold people's hands in there anymore, you know? And so, so um, have you thought about creating a different kind of filter? Cause it sounds like you're using the honeypot group or the wider like easy, anyone can access front facing side. Um, you're using that as a filter to find the people who are more, I guess, engaged and interesting and more, maybe more curious and that they want to go to a different group. So basically the dream group, is that the, is that the wider yeah. funnel? Okay. Yeah. And then, and then what are people arriving at once they get selected for by your filter? Um, I can't really say that. So <laughs> Oh, I have to go through the honeypot to find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a, it's an interesting community that is with like-minded people that are of a certain type that would get through that filter, I guess, you know, and that's a hard, and it, it's not just me in there either. Other people are able to invite people in there, but it's primarily two people that myself and another person that kind of created the group. Moderate it a little bit. Yeah, out of yeah. our conversations. So we had conversations together and then we're like, hey, maybe there would be other people at some point um, that would like to take part of these conversations too, you know? So then it's like kind of that conversation multiplied out. And we've had to like remove some people even from the honeypot or the, the, the filtered group at some points because some people still get through their kind of you know, not really fitting the the vibe, I guess, of the whole thing, you know? So, yeah, yeah I've never really, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about it because I've been thinking quite a bit about online community and just human social structures generally, you know? And yeah. uh, also I like at the end of the spectrum or the extreme thinking about it in terms of sort of collective intelligence and how humans are, essentially neurons in a collective brain of some sort of super organism. And we're sort of just like waking up to, or evolving, I should say, how we relate to each other in more of a global environment that's connected by, by the internet and this kind of technology that we're talking about now. You're in Washington, right? Yeah. 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 You're so I'm Seattle. in Las Vegas. We're luckily on the same time zone, but it's possible <laughs> yeah. from other sides of the planet if we wanted, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, basically that connectivity gives rise to new possibilities and new network effects and those types of things. And um, you end up with like, for example, in your case, like just a, a an online community that's, I guess, sort of for people who are curious about 
you know, dream time and exploring the unconscious, potentially some Jungian psychology or archetypal stuff, hero's journey stuff. Um, you have a blog that you sort of probably point people, at, at least in the past, I don't know if you're still writing, but it's pointed people in that direction, right? Yeah. And and like, I don't know, do you, do you ever um, dabble with uh, psychedelics as well? Yeah, I have in the past, yeah, for sure. And is that like a theme of the community also? Like altered states or psychonaut type stuff. Um, they have a little bit of that in there, I guess. Like it's not it really seems like a lot of overlap to me. Like just in yeah. sense that like dream exploration to me feels like a division or subset of being like a psychonaut and exploration yeah. of consciousness, and then like psychedelics and and maybe float tanks and you know darkness retreats or meditation, like all these different ways in which you can sort of um explore you know, yeah. inner space. I'd say like the the key component and not everybody's really into that specifically, but it'd be like metaphysics, you know? Um, yeah. Hermetics. Yeah. Like philosophy. That. Yeah, totally. Which, which to me is, it's basically just like explorers, seekers, curious people, yeah. curious humans. Yeah. And I'd um, say like the, the main thing is like, not everyone's really obsessed with one specific thing, you know, like they dabbled in, uh various ways of like exploring what it means to be a human i guess so there are uh a lot most most of the people in there are pretty uh well-rounded in a lot of different topics and experiences and so they kind of come at it uh from a you know multi-facet perspective and then bring that with them which is like anybody is like that right like everybody's kind of pretty dynamic but um and the age group is a lot older too like i'd say like where most of us are probably 30 you know plus so that makes okay. a big difference too i think you know because you're just more maturity and stuff um yeah well so to grow you know a little bit there <laughs> well so i've been thinking about like um setting up a digital community and like how that would look like in the sense that, uh, you know, we briefly spoke offline last time about um, this project I've been working on uh, yeah. and this sort of quest or this, um, you know, journey into self-discovery and transformation that's sort of wrapped up in mythopoetic archetypal language. Um, and there's sort of like a, a, a mythic structure to it. Um, so it's like a hero's journey for your life, um, you know, but, but built into like a, I don't want to say course, but like quest, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. I um, great. and then, yeah. right. So the community component comes in, in the sense that like, okay, that's a fucking cool filter. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. a cool filtering function. Cause if, if it's only for people, um, say, well, you would want people to jump into the community just for starting so that they can have support throughout yeah. the process and integration and help with that and connection with other people who are going through the same kind of quest, like, but in yeah. their own unique way. However, there would be like a filter as well, where it's like only the people who complete it yeah. get into say like a member's area or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Where it's basically yeah. just behind some sort of gate in some way. Yeah. And what's cool is you have this business, um, Emblaholics, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have this, 
business that makes like challenge coins and dope, like tokens and totems of sorts for people who want to create physical uh, symbols or memorabilia or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And and uh, they're dope. Like we, uh, this is uh, a medallion that you guys created for us. Um, that's for our wellness business in Utah. It's got a psychonaut meditating on one side and a uh, North star with some sacred geometry on the other that says true North tribe, which is just basically our members get these physical tokens. Right. And um, it would be cool to ship someone a physical token, which you and I have been designing, but also uh, get them into a member's area or like a community yeah. where people yeah. are through that filter. They've been through that kind of quest uh, in their own ways. And this is the new layer, which I don't know if we spoke about. I can't remember if we spoke about this or not, but there's a, I don't think we did. It's there's a more recent layer that's kind of come in in the last couple of weeks um, of, of uh, the way in which those people could interact with each other in a, in a way that actually is closer to collective intelligence, right? Yeah. Where you can create more, you can create synapses between nodes or neurons. So you can create these synapses between people and then those networking between everyone to create all this cross-pollination um, of, of ideas, but also collaborative co-working spaces. Yeah. Um, with asynchronous um, collaboration, kind of like Wikipedia, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so wikis are one way in which you can have the sort of open repository of information that's sort of like up, like kept up by a collective, right? Yeah. Um, and Notion does wikis. Notion's the software I'm building all this in, by the way, but it, it does have wikis available, but okay. it also has just team spaces so that you can okay. create, basically what the Notion's mission is, is to create it's to basically make tool making ubiquitous. So, you know, people use tools. Tools are pretty ubiquitous. Like we're yeah. on a tool right now with Zoom and there's this microphone and all this stuff, right? Like there's there's tools everywhere, but tool making is not necessarily for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like people don't um, necessarily just get up and build new novel shit all the time. That's usually what like designers and engineers and whatever different more skilled people or more whatever nerdy people, specialized yeah. people. And with Notion, you can they're giving you a suite of tools for building tools, for building whatever, for building systems, for building uh, just architecture, digital architecture that can function in social collaborative ways, right? Um, and so basically what I'm thinking is part of this quest is, well, I gotta uh, I gotta frame up this idea a little bit with the idea of the second brain have you have you heard about that this at all the second brain you'll have to go more in detail about okay. what that means so tiago forte wrote a book called i think building your second brain and um so in a nutshell we've been offloading cognitive ca capacity and memory to our technology for a long time probably starting with language and storytelling. So if you think about like a culture that's like got a storyline, like Aboriginal Australia, yeah. you know, there's, there's like these ancient storylines that have come from hundreds of thousands of years, according to the storytellers yeah. of, you know, human translated wisdom across that time. And that's a technology that keeping a current alive, right. That doesn't have to live, um, 
necessarily in your brain. Like it has to live in someone's, right? But it's been right. offloaded to this cultural Collective. technology yeah. so that when you go through a rite of passage or an initiation or whatever it is, you get the download, right? And then yeah. now you're carrying the current. So that's one early example. Obviously, once we started developing writing and you got a bookcase behind you, all that's information that's not stored in your brain, but you can access it. Right. Yeah. So you, you've got like this extended intelligence around you with your tech and tools. And we do this with our phones, like on steroids, right? Like we're all offloading cognitive bandwidth for navigation, for memories being offloaded to Google for search. Right. So just Google alone is taking so much of your fucking bandwidth off out of your brain and just allowing that to be somewhere else. Like you don't have to be yeah. using a map and navigating. Right. And having a sense of direction, <laughs> like no yeah. one has a sense of direction. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyways, so now what if you took the, that idea and you just more con extrapolated it out a little bit, we're moving into the age of AI. Uh, it's a revolution of all, in many ways. And what, what, what the revolution really is in was the original, the initial revolution was in compute. So it was like, making compute retardedly cheap, right? Yeah. So basically what we've done is we've made it so that um, uh, memory is ubiquitous and and now like the AI and the supercomputers are getting more and more powerful at, an, like, at a really mm -hmm. rapidly increasing pace. Um, and so now, and that's more and more accessible to people. So basically for no cost, very little cost, I can access the collective intelligence of humanity via ChatGPT or some other, some other, um, you know, large language model. Now, obviously, it's not complete and it's filtered and it's all these things, but it's still an incredible resource and tool that now is just at everyone's fingertips. So, you know, we're moving into that age. So, why not intentionally, consciously? build your second brain or be the architect of your digital brain in the sense that you're already offloading your intelligence or you're, you're extending your intelligence into your tools and you're offloading cognitive load onto your tech. So why not just do that intentionally designed is sort of what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, and not me thinking, but yeah. Tiago Forte's sort of point oh, yeah. with, oh. you know, his <laughs> book. Sure. <laughs> Good to credit people. Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea, dude. I think uh, it's not something I've thought about. It's like, okay, well, people think of it as a negative. You know, they're like, oh, I'm not thinking anymore the way that I used to. It's like, well, okay. Like you were saying, why not intentionally start thinking different, you know, and use those tools to take some of your bandwidth so you don't have to think about those things. You know, like we've, people have made a lot of money doing that, but to use people to do it, you know? it's called delegation right or hiring an employee <laughs> so that person does the work for you while you think about other things and you think differently right but now what we're making is everybody can do that same technique right but the problem is is people don't know how to use that anyways right because not everybody's like a, a business person or a delegator right or like the person in front of people telling people what to do a lot of us are workers right so we don't already think that way so no matter how many tools we get in front of our face you know we're not gonna we're not gonna see that process but it's you know you're a business owner you're an entrepreneur so you're you're probably kind of thinking that way already is like how can i delegate my mind 
so that I can do different things with my mind, you know, cause I'll have more time. And it's mm. like, cause time is like the biggest drawback of any business. It's like, I don't have enough hours in a day to do what I need to do. And I'm always doing the business. So how am I going to build a bigger business, right? Or expand or, or be innovative and think of different ways to, to discover things, you know? So the only way you can do that is by delegation. You either have to limit the amount of stuff you're doing, right? Or you have to delegate to other people or things or tools so that you can clear your mind up and start being able to think in a more creative way, right? Otherwise, you're just thinking about numbers. You're too in yeah. the the left brain, you know? So Yeah, that's a good point. I think that um, I, I, I agree and I think like like true but partial like i want to expand on that because i agree that delegation is super powerful and we have obviously no disagreement at all there um and i think that technology does do that in in many ways it does allow you to delegate or offload your cognitive load and your time onto the technology right so for example if i have to communicate like you know via email and it's a regular thing you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And instead of me having to write all of the emails, I either have a template that I just pull from that makes me, and now my, my time to edit the email and send it, it's 10% of what it would have been without the template. Or I have like an AI generator and the AI is trained on my style and knows what, and it's actually good, right? Like that could be another fast way to automate or delegate that process. But beyond delegation, um, you get into the realm of, you know, liberating structures is kind of a cool frame um that i that i like which is basically the idea that uh that you could build a design or create a design that um actually liberates more of your capacity creates more sovereignty um so upregulates your own your own ability to uh to to output even more so it's like a it's like a positive feedback loop in some in some sense but it's also a uh it's just a way to try to like if you if you were to try to get the most creativity out of somebody the most of their potential out of them you know what i mean yeah. what structures would you design in order to for them to, to for them to you know be in right like so in other words this is just like social media for example would you design a platform that hijacks people's attention so that they can never put down the phone, right? And they're thereby in some sense disabled from living like a life embodied in the world. They're like stuck in the technology. Um, or would you build a structure that does the things that you promised, which was connect them to all of their network and the world and new possibilities and you know the revolution of social media and the fact that we're talking now is a byproduct of it and all this shit, you know what I mean? Like, like all this like powerful tech, but in a way that's liberating them and not, making it worse. So in other words, you don't want little girls to have mental health disorders and high suicide rates because of Instagram, right? Like you don't yeah. want to have like body dysmorphia because of filters, like all the shit that we've got playing out, that's kind of race to the bottom dynamics. You know, you could instead architect liberating structures, which connect humans, create more collaboration, help people foster common mutual understanding and find common ground and those types of things instead of like polarizing each other, like you could just design better, more ethical tech. And so all I'm saying is when you think about designing a brain, it goes far beyond just delegating work to technology, even though that's part of it. It is 
trying to empower people. It's a liberating structure. So if you, because if you think about it, designing a brain is a task that really requires you to design your life. So it's lifestyle design. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, what is your fucking North star? Like, what are you living your life for? You know yeah. what I mean? It's a really deep question. Like I, I, start, I, yeah. I, I just went through it myself. So I know <laughs> like, <laughs> I found out about this second brain idea, right. As I was in this notion rabbit hole, you know, designing soul quest. Um, and I'm like, holy shit, this is so powerful because it's true. We are, we are extending our intelligence to our technology. It's true. We should be doing that intentionally and designing that process. So it's for our best interest. And then when you go to design it, you're like, where do I start? Fuck. Well, what's the, what's the, I guess, North star of my life. And then re reverse engineer from there, you know, like how I would design the areas of my life so that it's in some sort of harmonious balance and then create the digital structures that represent those zones of my life flourishing and orient me in that way. Like the habit tracking and my, my personal health and training, you know, to my content creation and art, the, the art that I make, the, the podcasts I'm recording right now. The reason that I was sort of late to this call was because I wanted this to be the first one where it's a, it's, I go through the actual template that I've just been making today. So I'm creating like a templated sort of like creation journey through pages and tasks and notion, right. Yeah. And databases. It's, it's basically a notion system that I follow from this, the planning scheduling phase all the way to the publishing phase. And it's not just me, it's I'm doing the system so that I can also collaborate with my producer. So it's like, we're co-working in it together. And I just wanted this episode to be like the first one that is done through notion so i was fin oh, nice. finishing the template before oh, that's cool man yeah off. yeah i mean uh i mean if our conversation started with these filters and it you kind of made me thinking about that and uh you know like i've made other communities um and they have their own filters in a way they're pretty pretty open um i made a community called dmt world it's uh it's pretty large it's like 30,000 people in it so and it's pretty open filter you know like if you're interested in psychedelics you can go there right and welcome arms pretty much um but is it, that your instagram page as well because i've seen dmt world on instagram oh probably yeah yeah um it i mean there, there's quite a few people in there so uh they share a lot of stuff but um, so that that community um something i'm proud of but at the same time it's pretty open, right? There's no, there's not a lot of filter there. So you get a lot of chaos and, and stuff in there. Right. And go, you know, moving into your, um, what you talked about with your group and how you're trying to, you know, make this community out of it. Like you said, there's, there's multiple filters there. Right. So you're looking kind of, you're looking for people that are willing to change in a certain way too. Cause you use like archetypes and, and you're, a structure that you like right like it worked for you and it it worked for maybe some other people that you're maybe it works for a lot of people right so you're you're kind of fitting people into that too right you're making a, a community right nothing wrong with that and so then when you get into this liberation aspect through technology what it yes i think there's more ethical ways of making tech right like clearly like those <laughs> that technology that we have today has been used to hijack people's attention, you know, and, and use it for monetary reasons. Right. 
there's obviously other ethical ways of doing that, right? But at the same sense, technology is a filter. It's going to limit somebody's true potential that I believe that people have, right? So like, I believe the human mind is essentially unlimited. So using technology as a, as a way of supporting it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I also think that the human mind is capable of much more than, than tech, than any form of tech, even the most advanced AI that you could possibly imagine. Like it will outperform people in the sense of what we think humans are for, right? Which is like doing calculations and uh, making money, right? Like AI will definitely outperform humans in that aspect, but the true potential of what I think a human being is, AI would, will never meet it. So in that sense, I think though there's obviously uh, the use of AI and technology to, as a liberation tool, right? Like as a mechanism to assist somebody into like finding out who they really are, you know, things like that. I think that can definitely happen. And, and that's something that I've been thinking about with AI and using it for is like, thinking about how can I point out my blank spots, right? How do I see something I can't see, you know? And other people don't see either, right? Like, how how can I see something that nobody that knows me can see about myself? And, and I can see that now, right? And so I'm trying to use technology, AI, to like open up that thing that I can't see, you know? And be like, what is that, you know? Or, or how can I change to really do that journey, right? To like the true journey, right? Yeah. Well, basically just self-discovery. It's the fool's journey. Yeah. Yeah. How do I become the fool, right? Or realize I am the fool, you know, like, so yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm using. And like, when you were telling me about like tech and stuff, I was having like a visual moment where I was like, I was realizing like, kind of this thing and it was like um i feel like people are moving in one direction right and they're leaving me behind and they're leaving me behind and not in a sense of like um uh i'm becoming worthless or meaningless i actually am getting so much more meaning in my life that that's leaving me behind it's actually they're they're running with tech and like this this idea of the future that I, I'm not part of, like, it just, it's eliminating me. And it's like, and that separation, but also the liberation from that, because like humanity is running in a direction of, of liber is self-discovery, but at the same time, it's like, it's a continual cycle, right? Like it's never ending and it continually gets more and more complicated and more material. Right. And and it, that's not where I'm going, you know? I don't know if that all made sense, but it's yeah, like... Yeah, I think uh, it makes sense. Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm such a different person than I used to be, and I feel like it's almost exponential, you know? And every day it's like... And then eventually it's like, you're on a rocket going so fast, dude, that you can't even see the planet you're on anymore, you know? And the, and the people there, you're like, oh, shit, like... I'm gone, you know, I'm not, there's no return. It. That's why I feel like, I feel like there's no return. It, dude. I'm gone. And I'm so, okay with that. Gone in the sense that fatherhood primarily, right? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no. 
that's uh, part of just... it for sure okay so then so but then let me let me just wrap my head around what you're saying so you're saying that like there's this accelerationism happening with uh you know ai and you know tech rushing along as fast as possible and the world changing radically and and the rate of change going is increasing and um now with you know the age of ai we're looking at 2024 probably being the last year of maybe democracy and uh definitely the you know at least for a period there's going to be a there's going to be some chapel's perilous and tower of babel shit where no one knows what the fuck is real you know and like if they're talking to humans or not um and and like it, it's probably going to be the weirdest year on record like who yeah. knows yeah you know who knows 2024 yeah. is going to be a wild one <laughs> yeah but, i'll have a crystal ball but yeah it's good i think it's it's going to be exciting but, but but like you're saying that you're splitting off from that right and leaving it behind and so yeah. explain I've, to me what yeah. you mean by that and then i also want to come back to what you said about ai and the human brain and the mind but i'll put a pin in that and come back to it so what do you mean by leaving the tech behind um i just i'm not a uh, a materialist anymore um in the in like the true sense right like i'm uh i still i was clearly believe in material reality right but I don't longer, I no longer see materialism as like the solution to um, the future of people and who they, you know, what is really a person, right? Like a material, materialism is to me like a limiting aspect to humans. And so any technology or any material uh, experience um, is limiting, it is an experience to experience, you know, like while you're alive, right? But it's not the end all, right? So um, it it would be more of like the uh, similar to Gnostic, uh, Gnosticism and their ideas, as well as like um, mysticism and hermeticism, right? Well, uh, maybe. I mean, the way I see it or experience it is all experience is really all there is, as far as I can tell. So when you're saying that experience in the material isn't the and all on a to a, I, I i think i see what you mean in the sense that like there's more to consciousness and to reality than getting lost in your you know possessions right like i i agree with that for sure yeah. um like and just the idea of possessing anything and like having ownership and that kind of thing is is an interesting idea of it's just separation right you're you're creating this story of separation of i am separate from everything else and I, I understand that that's sort of the polarity that we that we live in um, here in 3D, where we're, you know, separate actors, you know, and we're, we got egos and we're walking around with driver's licenses and socials. But at the same time, fundamentally, like from the fabric of reality itself, there is no separation and it's only a continuum and it's only it's only just a flow of life and a flow of energy and 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 creation happening and unfolding and so like we can sit here and talk to each other like the, the many million masks of god looking at itself you know what i mean like we're we're all these different iterations and expressions of the one experiencing itself through our unique lens and and, and our unique angle and so the one knows itself in a new way every time there's another one of us right yeah. and then when 
<laughs> we come together like this in some sort of dialogos where we're like doing this kind of collaborative exploration together. Then the one meets itself and knows itself in new ways. So the surface area of God is expanding as we drop in, you know what I mean? And, and just develop this sort of new type of, of intimacy as like Mark Gaffney would call it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's hard to explain what I guess I mean from that perspective, like uh course material reality exists and is an expression of the non-material, like you were kind of implying, like they're one of the same in that sense. Um, but the human experience of that physical experience not necessarily doesn't mean that it takes in all the experience, right? So like uh, uh, you have eyes, you know, to see light, things like that, but it only captures a certain amount of light. Um, so your senses only bring in so much material, right, information. Uh, what I fully believe is there's non-material information too that human beings can experience. And that's kind of what I mean is like the liberation is not necessarily just in the physical, but is also in a, as in a non-material experience that you can sense mm. that, you know, people touch on when they utilize psychedelics, things like that, for sure. So, so in what sense is it non-material? If like, say, for example, <laughs> when I dream, like I did last night, right. Yeah. And I wake up in the morning and there's like, this pretty vivid memory of an yeah. experience, right? Yeah. In other words, that memory has a material location in my brain to the point where I can come and write it down on the page, yeah. uh, like I did this morning. And um, you know, when I when I uh, experience it in the real, there's probably some sort of DMT release in my brain or some sort yeah. of neurochemical, you know, sequence that I don't quite understand or that science hasn't caught up to yet. You know, dreaming is a yeah. mystery, consciousness is a mystery. But the point is, is like you know, there's a neurochemical trace and a neurological kind of neurosciency perspective to yes. take where it's like, this is very material after all. Yeah. So that still doesn't, uh, exp it, so the non-material still explains that. So, um, yes, you have a brain. Yes. You have neurons. Yes. Memories seem to be associated with neurons in some form. It's like if you damage part of the brain, some memories disappear, right? But it doesn't imply that the memories reside necessarily as a physical object inside the brain. But or... there's a relationship to the physical object of the yes. brain in the sense that even if the memories live in some ethereal realm in the right. non-material, the brain neuron, is a for them. Right. You may say, well, that neuron is connected to that memory or that association of where that yeah. memory is stored, but that storage what I'm implying is like there's many layers to where the memory resides and it's not and so does every aspect of everything and it's not a it's a non-material relationship so it's actually like projecting into a screen right like a, so you've I'm sure you've seen like fourth dimensional uh examples of like how fourth dimension objects project into three-dimensional space and they turn into three-dimensional objects and the same with the two, 3D turns into a 2D shadow of the three-dimensional object, right? It's the same thing where a fourth-dimensional object still exists, but what a, a three-dimensional object is is shadow of a four-dimensional object. So it's implying like you're actually a shadow of a non-material material, right? We call it a material, but it's non-material. And you're a shadow of that, making a three-dimensional object in three-dimensional space. And so is everything. So like memories your thoughts who you think you are 
everything that is associated with you is actually data. You know, it's a non-material information that exists in that dimension, right? So, so nothing in if... science will prove this, right? Like, there's, you know, like physicists talk about like eleven dimensions, you know, even well past fourth dimension. So you're like, Holy maybe shit. we should maybe we should just define what you mean by material. Because I, that's the only thing I have. Any like physical manifestation, right? Like, well, like physical... so, but that's that's an interesting question. So, for example, like this microphone I'm talking into, yeah. it's physical. It feels material. It's right here in 3D. I can touch yeah. it. Um, you know, it's capturing the sound of my voice. Yeah. But it's mostly empty space. It's mostly just yeah. empty space. And you know, it's either a particle or a wave, depending on who you fucking ask and how you look at it. So, right. like, yeah. how do how do I even know what matter even is? Like, is matter even like the solid matter is, is that what you mean by material? Like, like yeah. physical objects, like, well, even, like things that even, I can touch. Even a wave is a, in, is a material concept. Exactly. So that's my whole point. That's so what like, I'm talking about is it, a non-material is something that you can't even really comprehend mentally. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So and, you'll never understand what it is. Okay. Yeah. I got, I, I so yeah. it's, well, I can understand what it's not. Right. right. Yeah, so, because I I can understand material. what I mean by <laughs> material, and if we define that, then I can say, okay, I can understand what non-material is now. So that's what I'm trying to do is define it. Um, so even if, your dreams would be an aspect of that material, right? But it's not it because you have a memory of it as a material, like it has a materialness when you memory when you memorize it or recall it, okay. right? Can we, can we, let's, let me try a different definition. So since you mentioned hermeticism earlier, we'll, yeah. we'll, let's use that frame. Yeah. So let's say that everything is the all. Yeah. And well, they you say can, mind. Everything yeah, is the mind. All is mind or, and yeah. the all or all mind is basically just God. It's the mind of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, if everything is, 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 is all yeah. um, and all is everything and we are anything then we are a subset of everything which means yes. we are in the mind of god we are yes. we're, we're part of the all we are yes. so there's no separation between well basically it's all an all-inclusive statement everything yes. is mind and so that term mind instead of matter now Yes. gives us more of the vibe of the openness and the continuousness of it the continu the continuum of it right and so a, sorry so, i have an example for you okay so my off. question then is just what is non-mind in that equation because you're saying non-material okay. in the sense that it's not so, material but i'm saying everything is in the all and so wherever that non-material places you're talking about it's also in mind it's also in the in the, in the all yeah so the mind is non-material in the sense so anyways, but if you close your eyes and imagine an apple, right? The apple doesn't exist physically, right? It's a something else. It's like it's it's a field. It's you can't even say what it is, right? Like it's an an idea, it's it's not material, right? It exists in your mind completely. Like it you can't locate one spot in the brain that maybe it, there's an apple, right? It's a collection of different ideas that generates like an image, right? And that would be, in a way, an expression of us being like God. We can manifest in the mind things that physically don't exist, 
we can manifest worlds inside of our mind that physically don't exist. You do it every single night when you dream, right? All, so what all I'm, I'm saying, saying is, though is yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I'm just saying that the but the but the physical mind, or excuse me, the the mental image of the apple. I agree, it's not a physical apple, but it has a signature in the physical because if the physical brain that's imagining it exist. had any sort of malfunctions or yeah. problems like holes in it, it couldn't it yeah. couldn't imagine the apple. So yeah, and it's probably the same for whatever being we're inside that we call God, and it's God, and it's God, and it's God, and it's God, all the way to the beginning of God. Right. So it's just Russian dolls forever, and there's no. Yes. But there is there a beginning? No. Okay, so it's fractals all the way down. Yes. It's I'm all cool mind. They say I'm, it's I'm, all I'm cool mind. Yeah, I'm it's cool with the fractals of all man. I, I, turtles all, all the I, way down. You know I get they that. They say turtles. It's all the way down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the I shells get, of a turtle. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing. All I'm sure. saying is that the idea of material breaks down when you think about like in other words it's the wrong frame if we're talking about all is mind because you just said everything that exists right yeah. is fractals nested fractals of god forever yeah. uh, in all directions and basically there's an infinite amount of mind expanding in infinite space so it's like it's always happening forever right and basically right. It's not just happening outwards, but inwards and in every yeah. other way. So uh, in ways that is just too mind fucky to wrap your head around, but like right. DMT will leave you wondering, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so basically, you know, I'm I'm with all that, but like in that frame, the context of material seems like a really bad definition at all of anything. Because yeah. in other words, like it's it, in other words, material should mean in that context as much more of like an illusory realm that's not well, actually the real thing you actually made me think about differently than i thought before so i was thinking oh well material is actually just as important as the mind in that sense because it's always half mind and half material right all the way down it's two polarities of it all you know like of it all mm. the way down so like oh i see so but so in other words in other words like inside of mind everything has the polarity of either essence to to matter right, right. like yeah. some sort of ethereal essential like some platonic realm of forms on the essential side down to yeah. like the physical the physical embodiment whether that's right. in uh uh an apple or whether it's in your brain imagining an apple right yeah so that's really hard to, to answer um like what is it is it material or non-material, right? You'd be like, well, it's both. It's both, right? But in that sense, also still, maybe they're encompassed, I don't even know, like encompassed in one mind, you know? And that mind is non-material, right? So, I mean, the one thing I always, um, which has been helpful to me, but could be wrong still, is hermeticism implies that all is mind, right? They don't say all is matter inside of mind, they say all is mine and, exactly and i've been i've been following uh you know the works uh of a specific group that kind of follow that and uh so far they haven't been wrong and they've taught me a lot so it's kind of like eh, maybe they're right you know i don't know it's a good question though like that i didn't even think of until you brought that up so
Yeah. Well, to circle it back, because uh, you know, it is a mess. Every obviously, it's a mystery. Like you could you could call it the all or God or whatever, but I like to call it the great mystery because yeah. that's really what it is. Uh, it's like to me, it's it's mysterious. Uh, the mysterium tremendum, <laughs> yeah. and so, yeah. but like to circle back, um, just to bring this mind conversation grounding it in tech, like what we're talking about. Um, you first of all, just quickly, you made a point about you know AI never transcending the human mind, right? Yeah. And I can see on the one hand what you mean because like when we, and I agree in the sense that like I'm team human and I feel that human what the human mind is 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 the most probably advanced thing ever evolved you know um but max tedmark you know makes the point in his book um life 3.0 that like what we're doing is essentially you could think of life in three phases life 1.0 is where your hardware your body and your software your mind are just evolved yeah. right so they have just evolved through generations of natural selection. So you get, you know, instincts out of that for the software and you get, yeah. you know, biological meat suits for the hardware. And then that, that are just trying to replicate their genes and fuck and reproduce. So, and survive, right? So that's life 1.0. Life 2.0 is then when you get to, you know, your hardware is evolved, um, but your software is designed. So now you get culture, you get writing, you get like, you know, transfer of information, intergenerational transfer, right? Without just it being genes, but in more in the realm of memes, right? Mm. Um, so meme replication instead of gene replication. And then you get to life 3.0, which is what we're, he argues, what we're designing now, what we're, what we're stepping into now and to the artificial age, which is basically where life, the hardware is designed and the software is designed. So we don't have to evolve biological meat suits um anymore in order to still have life um in this in, in is the assumption right and that um you know he basically the whole book is a deep dive into the nature of intelligence and consciousness and is you know is it are ais just going to be slaves and robots like just mindless slaves or are they um going to become alive do you know what I mean? Like, are they going to be life emerging in the sort of new domain that hasn't existed yet? Right. Um, and, and if they are, I mean, if I mean, you just gotta, you gotta leave that possibility open that that's a possibility, I think. Um, cause you know, it's the great mystery and anything's fucking possible. Um, you know, and we came out of the water, right. <laughs> we came out of single celled life. Right. So it's like the idea that life can evolve into, silicon hardware that self-designs itself and can do whatever just doesn't seem like that far-fetched to me that it's possible even though it'd be incredible leap like a cambrian explosion of sorts it'd be like this totally new thing but um and i don't know if that's necessarily what we want because it might mean the end of human life and biological life yeah. it could be it could be existential for all biological life but i don't know if we really have a choice like i don't think anyone has the brakes um and you know, so basically, if if we think of it from that perspective, I think you can make the case that um, not only is AI going to be far superior to human minds in computation and its ability to, you know, just think way deeper than we can on narrow issues, like on any narrow thing that it's trained on, but also can create general intelligence 
where it's better at solving any problem than any human would be at and where it'd be better at obtaining any goal than any human would be at if you're measuring intelligence by like goal seeking behavior and basically you know you could even make the case that it's imagination it's dreams it's creativity it's whatever like it'll be different than humans because it won't have the evolutionary meat suit of like the emotions that have evolved over generations but it'll have something else potentially um maybe it's just a, it's an argument you know it's just like a, an idea and I think that um, we we come at it from a very anthropocentric lens, usually thinking that humans are the most evolved and special thing in the universe. And what if consciousness isn't as special as we think? And what if like, um, you know, AI is going to become conscious at some point if it's not already in like dream mode, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm a panpsychist, I guess you call it. So um, I look at consciousness, I look at everything as having a form of consciousness. It just doesn't have self-awareness. So AI is already conscious in my view. Um, once it becomes self-aware, then that's good, you know, and all. So, um, would you define consciousness then? Because Ted Mark defines it as subjective experience. So in other words, super simply put, just there being a subject experiencing something. Yeah, everything's God, right? So um, everything would be experiencing itself. Right. Yeah. But like, for example, the table, even though it's inside yeah. the mind of God, it's in the all, it's in everything. Is the table, is it like something to be this table? Or is it like nothing? You know what I mean? Like, is it, no, in other something. words, is the table conscious and is it, is it having a subjective experience? Yeah. I so, guess you would be right. Yeah. From the inside, is the table even a thing? Like, like yeah. just because we put these molecules together and or these molecules grew together in this case yeah. with this bamboo that I'm looking yeah. at, like they uh -huh. grew over time and then we're like fucking shaved down yeah. and put here. Does that have some sort of suchness or like uh, subjective yeah. awareness? Yeah, I'd say yeah, from my perspective. Yeah, I mean everyone has their opinion of that. But yeah, so I think you know if you. Say you dreamed you were a table, right? Like you would know you're a table, right? You're like, I'm a table. I've, no, I've dreamed table, I'm like, I've dreamed I'm weird like, objects and dreams, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'm this weird little object, right? Like, yeah, but that's a human experience. That's you yeah. having a human experience about imagining being something non-human. Whereas we're anthropomorphizing that the non-human things can actually do that, which they can't. Like I don't think. I mean, like, I don't think if we're all a dream of God, right? Because we're all in the mind of God, uh -huh. you know, our level of being that is dreaming this <laughs> this reality, then who's to say that that being couldn't feel and experience everything that it's we're experiencing in every object inside yeah. of it's experiencing? Which which I think is the case. I think that yeah. that is what's happening. But the question you have to ask then is like, is everything inside? Because I agree, it's it's well. Huh. This is a fucking, this is a weird one. Like it's say, like, say, okay, hold on. Uh, say you're dreaming, you're having a dream, right? Right. And you're dreaming, you're a character inside the dream, right? And you experience what that character is experiencing, right? Who, Who's to say that your mind doesn't experience the entire dream environment, right? And all the characters and, and even the walls and the floor and, and everything that you're, you're, you know, imagining in that space like to me it makes sense that you're experiencing it all right like yeah of course 
So it's it's not like the wall has a sense, you know, of the wall in your dream. You don't feel the wall, you know, like as the character, other characters touching the wall. Sometimes you can feel like that what the other characters are feeling and thinking. Like I've done that and other people have. But usually like non alive, you know, quote unquote alive objects in the dream, you don't really like feel that. But some people I think have. So I'm saying like I just think of that as being like kind of a an expression of what we're living in here, right? So Yeah, it's it's it really is weird when you start to consider like what is real like yeah it wouldn't feel like senses you know like a, a human being has senses but it would feel like some type of information you know like a sense of some kind but not a non-tactile you know like not our senses you know like another mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. so it's like the table even though it doesn't it's not alive in our sense you know but it would still have a sense to it an awareness to it see i feel like there's a yeah i don't know how i feel about that one yet i feel like i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna like chew yeah. on it because <laughs> i think that you're making me, me think man i'm like oh yeah that's cool to me to me i'm i'm still chewing on it because i feel like there's this potential distinction between inanimate and animate you know uh, aspects of the mind like in other words <laughs> Could the be. mind imagine or create, you know, all the universe, whatever, and yeah. have most of it be actually just empty space and inanimate matter, right? Yeah. Like inanimate particles, like basically non-interesting stuff. So stuff that doesn't really do much or have any real experience. Like, yeah. and, I, and I, I'm just hypothesizing, like maybe it really is like incredibly interesting to be the sun and to be a bunch of yeah. hydrogen you know, in a ball of, of, of heat and gas and stuff. Um, maybe not, maybe it's just like a primordial fire. That's not that interesting other than that. What it creates is fucking interesting. You know, yeah. like the light from that star creates super, well, super the, interesting stuff. The myths of the past kind of implied that they, they thought a lot like the planets and stuff, you know, like they're gods, right. you know? So right, right. they, a they had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of feelings. Right. Uh, and and no. I and I don't see anything wrong with you know myths and you know putting the cosmos and like having stories that bring the cosmos into into our mm -hmm. lives. But um, at the same time, the sun is not or or you know Jupiter is not Zeus, right? Like Jupiter is not a uh, a not? being in the sense of like the one that throws thunderbolts. It's more like a, a big gravitational body and it's got mass and it's you know it's all the things that jupiter is does it have a subjective experience is, is it like something to be jupiter maybe and that's the, the guy hypothesis is that like there really is a mind of earth and there's like yeah. a, a spirit of of the earth right gaia yeah. uh and that's like I, something to be the mother you know i tend to believe that all planets have some form of consciousness you know and again yeah. like maybe not the sense of um consciousness that you and i do because we have senses you know they obviously don't have fingers you know that we know of <laughs> but they you know maybe they do think you know they're they're massive energy centers you know like it's a neural network itself if you look at space you know so it's like well neurons think right we know right, that that right. happens so it's I just think. the macro 
It's just the yeah. macrocosm. It's like the law of correspondence, right? Yeah. So like if our would... brain has all the neurons and then yeah. our human social structures are nodes of like us connecting yeah. as neurons. And then you could say the planet is one of the no nodes of a bigger yeah. system. And then the sun is a node of that, you know, and, and there's energy fields that, that go in between them, even though uh, it's weirdly overlooked by a lot of people. It's like these electrical fields, you know, like the field of the sun touches the earth and it touches the planets and it touches other suns and it feeds off of planets and suns and everything's feeding off each other and exchanging information, you know? So it's clearly like a, a, a neural network, you know, like the solar system and our universe is clearly a, a neural network, you know, information is transferred. We just don't know what the information is. We see it as heat, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, it's just heat. But it's like, well, if somebody was looking at our brains, <laughs> you know, they'd be like, it's just heat moving around. Like, who knows what this guy's thinking, if anything, you know, and it's like, there's a lot going on, you know, like, so, you know, I, I think it's ignorant to think that um, it, it doesn't happen all, all layers, right? Like, it's just, if it happens to us, and, and like you're saying, we build society off of that and stuff like that. There's a high chance. I mean, there's a chance, right, that it is happening on all can, layers. Can I share a weird float tank dream that? Yeah, just came love to hear it, dude. That this uh, sparked because I'm getting all meta about like micro, macro, and all is mine. Yeah. And all that. So, um, I was at the end, towards the end of my float. So, just to caveat this, like I was not sober okay. <laughs> right and so i was i was in a visionary state um and at the uh end of towards the end of the flow which was like three hours i had this i i just had this like we like just crazy trip of in and it culminated in waking up on my on a spaceship okay right Interesting. So, huh. so waking up from deep sleep yeah knowing as i'm waking up yeah. that i'm on a ship do you know yeah. what i mean that's like the only thing i know okay it's like that i'm on a ship and there's there's like no there's like no other you know sailing information about is it my mm. ship yeah. like what, whatever it's just it's just i'm on a ship yeah. and we're going someplace we're traveling in space yeah. and so it's like what the idea that we that we're here having this mind experience right fundamentally like everything you experience is inside of the realm of consciousness or mind like it's just you have qualia subjective experience awareness if you yeah. just sit down and pay attention that's really everything like your sense of self is really that's all it is it's just stuff arising in consciousness it's all just arising in this open space called mind yeah. and uh you could imagine that you know we're just nested inside like we're having a mind experience where maybe there's another reality where like say you're on the spaceship just in right. cryo right yeah. Yeah. and uh you're traveling between these greater you're 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 functioning as a synapse essentially between one body and another like you're traveling from with a spaceship yeah. one planetary body to another yeah um well i had a ayahuasca experience that's similar to yours um but there's a little bit more information for mine. Um, I took way too much and um, I thought I killed myself. And then I started waking up and waking up. I mean, like I found myself in a pool of water and 
like in a membrane of some kind. And I was looking up and I could see uh, three aliens, you know, gray, like aliens standing over me and they were just staring at me. And I, and I knew in my heart that I was one of them. Like I knew that I was one of them. And what was happening is I was being put through like a simulation of what it means to be a human. And, and so that I could experience emotions. And that was the whole purpose. It's like some type of like, <laughs> like your program, like a graduate program <laughs> of like feeling emotions, you know, to like become like an adult, uh, one of them or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's and, like a rite of passage. Yeah. And I was in absolutely furious, dude. I was so fucking pissed. I was like, fuck you, fuck you. And I was like, I have emotions and I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And I was so mad. And, and they just, none, they didn't say anything. They didn't move. They just kept staring at me. Like, they didn't they had no emotion zero like none and then i started coming back to sleep and i was back i was back in my body everything was good and i was like oh my god what was that you know so like that happened a long time ago and i i still think about it today man it's like because it's like what you're saying you know like what was if you just woke up you know like <laughs> you're like mm, that was interesting you know or something you know you, you wouldn't even say that you'd be like you wouldn't even say anything. Yeah. I've had multiple, like three probably, well, maybe more like of those, of those types of experiences where you feel fundamentally like you're, you were previously dreaming and now you're in some sort of more real place, mm -hmm. like more sort of real base reality or something where yeah. like, you feel like you woke up to what this is really, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. I don't, you know, because then you come back and you're like, well, what the fuck was that? You know, or was yeah. I, you know, accessing some other dimension or some sort of, like you said, if this is a shadow of uh, yeah. a higher dimensional place, then, you know, in other words, like you're being simulated right now, potentially. Right. right? So like this simulation version is interesting and mysterious and all these things and yeah. emotional and whatever, but really you're just you know you're in cryo somewhere you're like you're in some blob yeah. of water somewhere simulating right. yeah and to me it, it doesn't matter because it's all simulated inside of a simulation inside of simulation inside of simulation all the way down it's always mine yeah so it's like even in a simulation you can uh self-realize you know so like it doesn't matter to me so it's like okay i'm in a simulation cool what okay whatever like i have a kid now that's great let's let's enjoy all that emotion let's learn let's become better let's grow let's self-realize like i don't care you know like it's it doesn't matter to me like if all this is fake and whatever it doesn't mean it's fake right because everything's fake in a way it's all fake and it's not at the same time so it doesn't matter hmm. like like it just it all matters and doesn't matter you know what i mean all at the same time dude yeah that's, no you, i agree with, I agree with and that. that's where like really like i think you hit the spot is like that's where i feel like i'm breaking away like i'm breaking away because i realize like i have this argument with like uh this old landlord friend of mine i've known him for a while now and he's like 70 
and he's like a, a materialist and he's constantly like fighting me he's like don't well don't you think material reality is important and i was like of course i do dude like of course like i love being alive and i i want to feel everything you know and i feel like more and more and more emotions too like they just get stronger and stronger as i think about these things you know and like more and more in touch and physical reality as i explore these these concepts about myself as i learn more about myself but at the same time like i realize both are true you know like there's this non-material experience a spiritual experience to reality itself right and it and it's all one it's all the same thing and i keep i try to keep that in my mind at the same time whenever i'm experiencing anything so i'm like i'm experiencing i call it god you know i'm experiencing god experiencing god i'm experiencing god I'm experiencing god I'm experiencing god you know and i want to know god i want to be like god i want to know that right and, I, and i'm doing that to realize you know you get what i'm saying like i'm i'm yeah. doing that to, to realize who i am right like yeah that's that's all there is the rest is like it's is like that's all there is like doing business like i really love business you know i i like generating stuff and like making communities and stuff but as i'm doing that i'm learning about myself you know like why do i like to do this yeah. why do i like building communities why why do i feel like i want to help people understand who they are you know what i mean yeah because like in doing that you're self-realizing right so it's like I used to think like, um, oh, I just like doing things. You know what I mean? Like, I love this flight simulator game that I play. I'm like, oh, I just love flight simulator, you know? But it's like, why do I like this? You know, like, it's a lot of trouble to do this thing. And it's weird. And it's like, why do I like to do this? But I really do like to do it. And then I started realizing, like, I like to fly. I like to feel light. I like to be able to travel in that mode. And I... And I do in my dreams, right? I love lucid dreaming and having out of body experiences. Fucking love it. And it's like, again, you know, why do I like that? But at the same time, it's like, ah, I want to experience that in physical reality. You know, that that's why I wanted to fly. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. I wanted to go to space and feel. I love feeling weightless. Like I didn't even care about going to space. I just wanted to feel weightless the entire time. You know. And it's like, well, why did I want to feel that? Well, that's how I feel in my lucid dreams i feel weightless you know right like expansive. Oh, yeah i'm trying expansive to liberating yeah i'm trying to create that experience here you know and it's like oh interesting float tanks bro yeah see i can't do float tanks because i have so much pain in my body that it's like it's like i've i've done the three hour one and i'm just like ah oh, my neck hurts so bad at the end i'm just like oh have, my gosh. have you ever have you ever used uh supports for your head and neck um I did the neck one, but it probably wasn't great. Yeah, like so, you probably know a great way to do that. Well, so first of all, I would say there, as far as I've experienced in the simulation, there's yeah. no, uh, there's no thing like what you're describing better than floating. Like it's basically the portal into the lucid dream state yeah. of like expansive flying through the void, you know? Um, and 
it's like your spaceship. So it's like, if you, if you, you know, that's why, you know, you designed this, I mean, you built this for us, but like these yeah. coins, you know, like it's a astronaut and he's, yeah. he's meditating. He's, he's in his spaceship. Right. So um, it's access to inner space and the tank is your ship. And um, I've had people, it's really common to have shoulder and neck tightness. And, you know, if you think about it, we sit at desks, we look at our phones, we're constantly bent over the wrong way. And it's like sedentary lifestyle syndrome. So uh, if you, if you used both the little halos for your head, and then also we have some foam noodles at our shop, you go in with the foam noodle to your spot and just put it underneath your neck as well. So you have extra support. And the key would be to like, get as much as you need to relax. And then once you get to that point where you can fully let go and it might take some time floating to like let your body unravel, but you'll slowly just start to dissipate the tension. And in just a couple of floats, that pain will probably go away. Like it might take a, it might take a few if you've got serious, you know, serious, but the worst I've seen was like my, my barber who had took him about four floats. Uh, and he had in such bad neck pain the first time, even with the support we gave him, that the next time he came back, he brought his own foam thing that was <laughs> super thick. Yeah. He brought his own foam thing that was super thick. And we doubled him up and he was able to finally relax, you know. Uh, but he was leaning over people for 20 years, you know, cutting hair. Yeah. And yeah, so it was like hurt. really, you know, chronic, chronic injury essentially. So yeah. I would just recommend um giving it another go with some more yeah, support. Definitely. Because that is your jam, my friend. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of places out here went out of business that are close to me, like an hour out. So I'll have to look around and see if there's any new ones. I mean, you're definitely talking to you. It's gotten me excited about possibly floating again. So there was one just down the road, but um, their their machine started leaking, I guess, all over the place. And they oh, were shit. like, yeah, they were like, oh, we're getting it out of here. So nightmares, yeah. dude. Float, yeah. Floating float industry is hard. Yeah, that's what they said. I was like, oh, I have a friend that does float tank stuff. And, you know, they're like, yeah, I'd never get into it. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's, so I'm trying to crack it. to. So for me, it went it rapidly shifted. Well, I say rapidly, but it took a couple of years of me banging my head into the wall. But it shifted my perspective from, you know, super just like jazzed. Off. I mean, that hasn't changed. I'm still jazzed about floating. But it was more like jazzed about like the economic opportunity as well uh yeah. mostly as about floating but also thinking that the business model was was going to be fine and great yeah. and yeah. that <laughs> shifting to being like oh this is a service project <laughs> yeah yeah Maybe. yeah like, this is basically just you know i love it and i want i want to help people and i want to have yeah. my own awesome spaceship you know um, yeah. so i design it in such a way that it's like perfect yeah. for me uh, and getting trying to make it better and better but yeah. basically uh that's that's the that's the struggle. And, and I'm yeah. trying to figure out, I and mean, that's honestly why I've been talking to you about soul quest and designing this, yeah. this, this, uh, talisman is because, um, I'm trying to create alternative, not just revenue streams, but alternative ways of, uh, you know, you, you know, stepping into your authentic creative expression in a way that is of service and that yeah. hopefully has some sort of impact and reaches yeah. more people. Um, and I'm really pigeonholed to a small local market in St. George, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to like uh, expand that. No. I like, uh, I really like your idea, man. I think it um, it's worth giving it a try, you know? And 
you'll help some people you'll make good friends i think from it you know and there's nothing wrong with that you know and i think i don't see how you could fail you know like <laughs> you know the, you're just time investing right really and some money not a lot so i think you'll it'll be it's a good good opportunity you know like i i take risk you know and i i throw some money in some project or something and i start i get really passionate about it and then i see if it works if it doesn't then it's like okay you know i learned from that you know i learned a ton so i'll take that and i'll see what else is next you know whatever next passion comes to my mind you know and sometimes yeah. i think you get like i call them downloads i think a lot of other people call that you know you get really passionate about something suddenly and you're just like i gotta get this done you know and you're just like 100 percent into it and it's like when it's done you're like oh I'm yeah. so glad I got that out. And it's like, it was like another something working through you to get that done, you know? And it doesn't mean it'll work you know, either. Sometimes it just needs to get out in the open. You're, yeah. you're almost possessed by it, you know? Yes, so. I do know exactly what you mean. And uh, that's what I've been going through over the last couple of months with SoulQuest. And yeah. this brain has become the next thing, version of that. It's, it's still the same project, but it's like a, a another domain of it because before it was more about around the mythopoetic structure and learning about the hero's journey and setting up sort of the the frame and then it evolved into creating the content and taking people into learning uh and and into the self-discovery kind of journey right and like writing yeah. and, and really it was the most creative thing i've ever done it was like you know diving into it wasn't just curating you know facts or like uh, giving people, you know, the 80, 20 version of, of different topics that are relevant, you know, from, uh, mindset and, uh, philosophy and psychology and et cetera. Right. And it wasn't just that, but it's also just like poetry and art, you know? So it was like a lot of fun to just create. Um, but now it's evolving into really a notion project, which is like learning how to create this as a, a blueprint that can, be a liberating structure for people's lives, right? Where they go on this quest, all of the, so the, the byproduct ideally of completing the quest would be hardware, you know, booting up, right? Like getting mm -hmm. physical practices and habits and, and using structures to make those habits stick so that your body is like, you're, you're optimizing for vitality and uh, fertility and longevity, right? And then, with your software, you're getting new mental maps, models, and, uh, you know, upgrades, basically better tools, um, to navigate, you know, the material world or whatever you want to say. Right. And then you're also getting philosophy and art, which gets into the more like spiritual side of the thing or the introspective side of the thing. Right. It gets, it's not just about, you know, a course to, you know, learn one skill or something. It's, it's really like a full hero's journey. And then that's, you know, a blueprint with a brain attached, right? You get to go, as you go through the journey, you get to design your second brain. If you want to use Notion, there'll be a Notion template available, right? Mm. So that you can just plug and play right into Notion. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm designing. And this is really interesting philosophical question that I have. And then we can kind of like wrap it with this because uh, I know like, yeah, we're, it's coming up on, on 90 minutes and I got a, no another engagement with another float center guy, actually, which stoked to have him in town. Uh, he owns a place up in Wisconsin. Um, 
it's always fun to like recharge with other float fanatics because you're like i'm not the <laughs> fucking crazy yeah. one you know? yeah yeah totally <laughs> so i need i need that once in a while but yeah. um basically the question is how do you what do you think about on the one side stepping into the tech like that's what i'm essentially doing i'm stepping into this software realm with notion and and giving a creating a path for others to do the same by creating this template right and the kind of blueprint for them to start that journey and so i'm making it accessible for people who may or may not be tech friendly or whatever and notion's the kind of ui where anyone can pick it up pretty quickly i think i mean yeah. anyone under anyone under uh 60 is probably not going to have any problems you know but like gen x and beyond or whatever but basically uh, sorry, boomers. <laughs> You're probably not listening to this, anyways. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah, I'm just you kidding. never know. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm not trying to shit on the boomers. Like, um, <laughs> there's plenty of boomers. You know how to fucking use a computer, uh, but or a phone, right? But basically, <laughs> uh, but basically, um, you're leaning into the tech in the sense that you're over time creating this repository of your second brain that's got every podcast you've resonated with articles that you've resonated with, anything that you've written and created, anything that you've published online, um, any anything at all. Like, you know, you can design this brain however you want, right? The wiki of your life, essentially. Like you can you can create a, a really dope structure that um, doesn't just help you store information in an archive, but also creates the 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 systems and structures of your life and, you know, helps you have the best habits and you make sure you never miss an idea and you know and over time all of that is building up in an ai system in other words you have ai at your fingertips that's trained on all of that data yeah. so basically now an ai knows your second brain and it is an extension of your intelligence so yeah. and you can create with a couple of clicks of you know a couple of buttons like now all of a sudden it can start generating content and ideas based on my content and ideas um and really become a, a really a unique tool for creativity that we've never seen before so yeah. that's leaning hard into the tech how do you balance that with what you're talking about you know like i'm yeah. trying to create these structures where it actually brings people more into the physical world so in other words designing your brain includes how does how do I relate to my home and my tribe and my community and creating structures like a secular Sabbath where I'm every every week once a week I'm dropping in with my loved ones I'm getting out into nature um, yeah. enjoying my life I'm savoring the world right like I have a hedonic calendar to make sure I'm calendaring in my peak states right? I'm, not gonna let, I'm not gonna let life slip by right yeah and I'm gonna create like liberating structures right for for all of the things I want to design in my lifestyle. So it's not about getting sucked into the tech and being some, you know, nerd in the basement who's always just yeah. getting exposed to blue light and never sees the sun. It's like I really I really don't want that and actually Notion yeah. is designed ethically with a really clean user interface. It's not got any ads. It's not yeah. sucking you in. And so it's like you can you could have that be the one place where like all your other tools go away and you just have like one clean tool that's, you know, yeah. also got ai trained on your brain so yeah. that's what i'm trying to orient to <laughs> and 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 still balance it with like i want to be team human i don't want to i don't yeah. not like some techno utopias that just wants to upload my consciousness to the 
to the machine and peace out. Like I, I want to live here in this embodied place where I also want to become a father, um, like, like you. And so like, that's for me, the, the full fucking send betting on this reality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think, uh, you know, becoming a dad is going to dramatically change your perspective. A lot of, of this, um, Cause you're just going to naturally your brain's going to change, you know, and your attention's going to change and you're going to think more about that kind of idea. Then, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that one, but you're, you'll change. Right. So just something to keep in the back of your mind, <laughs> even though, I mean, you don't think you'll change, but even like before my wife had a baby, I, I was changing and I was aware enough to see me changing you know i was like oh that's different you know so that's that's a fun experience if you pay attention to it to like be like oh that's i don't normally do that you know like that's bizarre you know things like that kind of like unconscious changes anyways um the other thing is like um i don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing you know like making uh tech to try to help people and help yourself you know like that's great dude um, the downside of all this is that people have a weird, not everyone, but a lot of people seem to have this weird thing where they don't really want to help themselves, you know, and, um, they're kind of just stuck in the dream and they like being stuck in the dream. It's like the guy that wants to go back in the matrix almost, you know, mm -hmm. in the movie, I forget his name, but yeah, blue pill. Yeah. yeah he's like going back in you know yeah. and i wonder how many people didn't choose the the neo peel you know like to get out they're just like ah i'm good <laughs> i'm going back in i'm good don't need to see that you know it's like um who knows if well, i'd be that hunch, person i have a hunch that people checking into this are more often than not red pillars <laughs> yeah but maybe maybe i think i'm a red pillar but i actually choose the the blue pill at some point uh -huh. too you know yeah. maybe i'm in in the matrix and i could have left you know what i mean like on some level right so yeah but i i, I like i like the frame <laughs> I, I like the frame of it the matrix frame and it's really just the allegory of the cave yeah. right yeah. like i'm using it as so, an analogy i don't agree with yeah it's a, it's a good analogy for you know the journey of of growth and learning and expansion of yeah. consciousness and sort of the you know it's in the allegory of the cave, it's also part of that allegory is that, you know, it's hard once you go through that process, it's actually a, the waking up process is very painful, you know, yeah. like seeing the light for the first time as you leave the cave is very painful. And it's like a slow accumulation or uh, acclimation process, right? Okay. It's a very slow process before you can actually look at the sun, like you're really just blinded at first. And then you come back to the cave and you've adjusted and you're different now and you see the, you know, real reality not just shadows on the wall you're seeing like the light in the, the out, outer world and when you come back to that cave and you stumble because you you're not used to the shadows anymore you're not used to the dark then everyone in the cave thinks you've lost your fucking mind yeah. you know and you go through the 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 really sometimes traumatic process of like oh shit i don't have the tribe i used to have or i don't have the community yeah. and whatever i used to have so that's you know that's seems to be um not for everybody to go yeah. through that like swallow the red pill yeah. thing and i i, I get it but 
if you can create, so, so in other words, there's people doing it though. And for the people who are curious, so the people who are like either already like on that path or they're starting, you know, like they're, mm -hmm. they're like finding it and they're like, okay, there's something more to my life than this. And they're feeling that call to adventure, you know, yeah. maybe to leave the job or to take the trip or to, uh, change something in your life, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a massive life change either. It could just be like, I know that there's more than, you know, Netflix and chill plus yeah. sport plus work plus booze or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, and scrolling six hours a day. Like there's, there's a lot of people who are like breaking and their nervous systems are like struggling from the, you know, screens. And like, we're, we're just in like kind of a weird place right now with the yeah. health crisis, meaning crisis, ecological crisis. You know, there's like lots of casualties. And so how do you create like the rabbit hole for that person who's ready to, to take it, to fall yeah. down the rabbit hole? Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking about. Um, you know, thinking about it, I, I would say, I agree. I think some people would benefit from whatever you're designing, you know? Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's not something that I would use because it's not how I, um, w want to experience, um, that learning process, I guess. Like I, I'm, but I'm a very, different person i i create i try to create my own tools you know for myself to to navigate the world with i guess you know or utilize it in certain ways and i may i may it's maybe use it i don't know you know what i mean um but I, well how about this i'll ship you i'll ship you a template when it's done yeah i'll, I'll try it out dude, and, and for sure you can, you can beta test if you want and just give me yeah. your feedback because even yeah. if if you don't want to use it i want the reasons why like i want yeah. the feedback right but also I think that, you know, if you played with it and you got through that initial, which I, I think if you got the full idea in the sense that you were looking at the template yeah. and seeing how you could use it, yeah, uh, I think you'd be a little bit more open yeah. potentially to using and it. And that's a, that's a hard thing to get people to do. Like I've shared some stuff with people that um, I found very useful for myself, right? And I tailored it to be maybe a little bit more useful to the average person. And I shared it with people that I thought even would really consider it, you know, and be like, wow, okay, I'll take this into consideration, you know? And they didn't even like look at it, you know, they didn't even look. Right. So like if they would have read it, you know, like I, I spelt out the importance of what I shared with them and they didn't even read it. And it's like, um, it's kind of the same thing with what I'm getting at with, if with everything it's like there's so many books out there man you know there's books that i i've just recently came to that i was like man if i had this like 10 years ago i'd have so many answers to my questions you know but then like 10 years ago would i even look at that book you know what i mean um <laughs> you know what i mean yeah exactly so it's like there's so much information out there that anybody could really find their path to the thing you know what i mean they don't even yeah. look they don't even look and i don't even think we want to look a lot of us even myself there's like many times i don't want to see the truth man i want to live in the illusion i want the truth to leave me alone you know why i have this little trip uh trip you know and i'll wake up someday you know just leave me alone i don't want to see that you know 
Like if DMT world is like the true reality, dude, I don't want to see that shit until I die. You know, like that's too much, you know? So I want to dumb down into this thing while I'm here, you know, like I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough of that shit, you know, be like, that's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine waiting. Yeah. Um, but honestly, DMT, like ayahuasca made me not want to die, dude. Like, really? I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't want to die. Like, that is fucking chaos, you know? Like, this is nice, you know? It's just put together, dude, you know? That shit's chaos. That's crazy town, you know? Like, 100% yeah. crazy town. Yeah. It's like, whoa. That'll take some getting used to, you know what I mean? I don't necessarily think that that's just what it's like, necessarily. No, I don't either. But I mean, because what it is, what, <laughs> I think it is. It is. It is a good point, though, that it's a it's a clue potentially to the afterlife. Yeah, I, yeah. I, my perspective of death has changed since then. But at the time, I was uh, depressed, and I thought, oh, you know, I'm suicidal and stuff like that. And I took ayahuasca. I thought, I'm not suicidal at all. Like, nope, I'm not depressed. Like, I love my life. <laughs> it taught me that lesson. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, all right. So it cured me of that, you know, and it gave me a strong memory. And I've done it many times since then, but, um, and, I, and my dreams have definitely helped. So, um, but I, I definitely have a different perspective of it now, but I, re, I respect the afterlife, I would say greatly now. Maybe I should respect it even more than I do, you know, but I know as a fact, most people don't respect the afterlife, dude. You know, they're like, yeah. I'm just going to heaven or hell. Like the end. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, try yeah, some DMT and tell me if you're going to heaven or hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, a get both. Yeah. It's a little mind fucky for sure. And um, I don't know what I necessarily think of it um, per se. Like as far, in other words, I think like we said before, all is mind. Yeah. And so you know, whether you call it the previous life or the afterlife or this life or whatever, these are just the many dimensions of the mind. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the question is, is like, is there some sort of continuation of say the journey of a soul through dimensions of mind? And, and is there a sense of a, an essence or a thing or an aspect of me that continues beyond? Right? I think so. Yeah. That's, I think I, that's what I agree. think. Yeah. I yeah. think, I mean, and whether it's true or not, because really, how the fuck do you tell without dying? Like, yeah. you can do all kinds of cool experiments and whatever. Like, you can show me the most insane proof of some DMT trial or whatever right. it is, near-death experience, meta-analysis or whatever. But um, I think you don't really know shit until you die. Like, that's the one thing that's so crazy about like an ayahuasca, you know, die before you die experience. Or like, mm. you know, a Lucinian mystery initiation or something. Mm. It's like you get the you get to have your mind absolutely rocked and be like, right. oh shit, this is different. But did you die? Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't you didn't fully die, but it wasn't like what you thought it was gonna be. Right. Right. And right. so my whole point is like when you die, I don't think it's gonna be like what you think it's gonna be. No. And yeah. uh, it's gonna be a crazy ride. And do we get to make the journey? Like, do we get to continue? I don't think the ego goes. I, I think that's temporary. Yeah. I think your ego is 
what you call personality, you know, while you're alive and, and you're, you definitely have had probably ego death through psychedelics where your personality goes away and you're suddenly this other thing, you know, almost childlike awareness, but you're still aware. You still have memories, things like that. So it's hard to say, man, I've never died, you know, and, and not come back. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, nice. and I don't know anybody like that either. Right. But, um, that's my belief. My one thing that I've come to is like, okay, what's a belief? You know, that's a, I think an important thing to leave people with is like, what is a belief and can you force yourself to believe something or not? You know, it's like, yeah, it's that's a good hard question. to do that one. If a belief is, if a belief is maybe defined as something beyond just the story you tell yourself, right? Because yeah. a story you tell yourself could be false. It, you could yeah. tell yourself a false story and be fucking yeah. with yourself or tricking yourself or, you know, beguiling yeah. yourself. Like but you still don't believe it. Yeah. You just have some dissonance, right? You, but you don't yeah. truly believe it. You're just telling a story. Yeah. Maybe it's to fit in, whatever. And the, the thing about belief is it's not just the story. It's like, in a way, it's like how you resonate. It's right. like what you yeah. resonate yeah. as or with, you know, yeah. like what feels true. Right. Um, so for me, it feels true that there's a soul mm -hmm. because I've had these die before you die experiences. And um, I guess that was what I took from it. You know yeah. what I mean? Is yeah. that like, oh yeah, there's a soul. Yeah. You know, and actually it was like a remembering. And the first time it ever happened to me was my first time drinking ayahuasca, similar to like what you were saying. And it was after seven days of fasting and I had a- I'll do it. I had a total rebirth and a reconnection to my soul. And I don't know how else to describe it other than that, you know, and it, it changed my life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that there's structures that seem to be cross-generational that exist uh, in reality, which makes me think, okay, there's things that exist past death, right. Of one person or even a story. And, uh, and I've also had countless out-of-body experiences where I do things I can't understand and meet people and tell people things I can't understand. And they sometimes know what I'm saying to them, things like that. And so it's like, okay, there's something there. And then I've met dead people in my dreams where I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And, and then countless near-death experiences of people, you know, I've never really had a full-on near-death experience at all so i can't really speak on that but just watching like countless interviews of people it's like they all have many things in common you know and um but who's to say right they came back right i think like you said i think you're 100 percent right dude no matter what we think uh we'll we will experience something uh that will surprise us you know because it's no matter what you think about it, it's not the experience too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even if you're hundred percent right about what you think about the afterlife is, it's like, you'll still be surprised because you're having the experience now. <laughs> yeah. And that's totally different. You know, it's like thinking about a dream versus having one, you know, or thinking about DMT experience versus having one. It's like, yeah, eh, they're very different. Yes. They're very different. Um, well, you know, I think that one last, thought which is just that if you're 
if your uh, beliefs, back to the beliefs, if like you're truly believing something, does it change? Does it matter whether it's true? In other words, objectively true, because it, it definitely is true for you. Right. Yeah. And so I think it, I should rephrase that. I think it matters. You know, yeah. in other words, like the closer you can get to objectively true, the better, like the closer you can get your truth to align with sort of yeah. the truth or however you want right. to think about that. Um, in other words, if I have a bad model and I don't factor for gravity and I fall to my death because I don't believe gravity is real, then right. it's bad. You know, it's yeah. not a good belief. So I want to have my beliefs be accurate as possible um, in that sense. But really, yeah. there's these things like this, like the soul, where is it even, tr is there any way to objectively prove, you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe, maybe we'll get there at some point, but really the belief serves a different function than just being like, if you live your life as if you have a soul, right? right? What does that do? Does that change how you live in any way? Yeah. Because I think it does. I think that yeah. thinking, okay, fuck, I have a soul, not. which means um, whether I experience an afterlife or not, which let's just assume like you will, but like, let's say you don't for a second, like even just in this life, in this life, just, the, the story or the belief that I have a soul, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Well, I guess it means like, well, how Mark Gaffney would sort of point to this is like, you have a thumbprint, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a unique signature of who you are. Well, what's a soul print, right? right? Well, that would be like the unique expression of cosmos through you, right? So in other words, you're this filter, this lens that when the, the light hits it, it fractals into this prism in a particular fashion. And each one is completely different than the next one. And never, no two are ever the same, right? Like you and I are different prisms of God. Like we're different expressions of the light shining and seeing itself. And so like each wave in the ocean that's ever waved is a different wave. You know, they never waved the same. There were different waveforms every time. So there's this kind of unique expression and this kind of beauty to that. Of like, yes, the universe is seamless and it's one, but it doesn't mean that it's featureless because you and I are unique features of it. And um, so, yeah, like to think about a soul in that sense, it kind of implies a question, which is like, well, well, what is your unique purpose or your unique call to adventure, your your unique gift that you can bring or your unique risk that you can take, yeah. right? So that's a yeah. an interesting yeah. way to live your life, whether it's true or not. Yeah, I think. Uh, so you brought up something in my mind where a lot of times thinking about, oh, all is God, it kind of, or the one or whatever, kind of implies like you're meaningless in a way, right? Like, oh, well, I'm just like a speck of nothing, you know, like no big deal. If I evaporate, you know, like what's my life? Well, that's not what it really implies. It's like everything is connected. And if one of those connections is not there, then everything kind of unfalls apart and unravels. So like everything has to be exactly how it is at all times. Otherwise it wouldn't work because it's a perfect balance system. So like one human could not exist at one time, at one place, because then it, the system would be out of balance. One molecule, one atom, if it was moved, the system would be out of balance. It would have to, it has to always be in balance on all layers too like not just one so like everything has absolute meaning because it's all meaningful 
to the whole thing. It's happening. Just because it's happening, right? Like it has meaning. The mystery and the miracle that it's happening. It has total meaning. You know what I mean? Total meaning. So like, and that's hard to really. And also no meaning at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd say the meaning is the truth. Like that actually it has the most meaning because every, so if everything is the mind, then it has the meaning of the mind, right? And everything has meaning. So the only true thing is everything is mind and everything has meaning. So does that make sense? But like the, I mean, I feel, I feel like, um, what I mean is like life is meaningful because you are experiencing it and there's qualia, there's a subjective awareness and there's, there's some sort of inside to the experience. You're on the inside of it. Right. And you have this intimacy with life, which creates a relationality. And part of that is meaning, right? Like, um, and you can have a relationality where life feels meaningless too. Like you could, you can have that sort of, and that has meaning. That has meaning too. Dude, for sure the person that but, doesn't feel meaning actually has meaning to the I, whole system right so that's like the perspective from the maybe from the individual right so like that's one polarity on the other side of that polarity would be the all and is there a meaning to that or is it yeah. just all and is it's it all, all just happening all and these... yeah I, I think that the it's idea a, it's a that, placeholder I'm... too right because it's like yeah. infinite it's unimaginable yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, like if it's, if it's all encompassing and there's no outside edge, then the idea of good or bad is the wrong frame. Right. And the idea of meaning or meaning the wrong frame. It's like, it's all. Yeah. It's just all. Right. Meaning is, is a, you're right. You're absolutely right. It would be meaningful and not meaningful at the same time because those are polarities and it wouldn't have a polarity. It would be all right. So or it'd, it'd be the be... the all and the it'd be the all and the many. That's the polarity. It's the yeah. it's the system of all well, to there's, many. There's many inside of itself, right? But yeah. there's only one to all, right? It's yes. like an it's an unimaginable infinite thing that nobody could ever that's why like in the Jewish tradition, you never can speak the name of God because it's it's unimaginable. Like it's yeah. absolutely unimaginable. So yeah. it's like it's like the yeah, circle the thing. A <laughs> circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference yeah. is nowhere. You could tell ChatGPT to go describe the all on repeat forever and ever, you know, and then fractal that into a million ChatGPTs inside of itself and do that, you know, forever. Yeah. And you'd still never describe the thing it is. So it's like, it's infinite. You know, it's the thing that yeah. we undescribable. Anyways, we'll, yes. we'll never stop talking about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> But the thing for you, man, is the meaning. I, I still remember what you said. And to comment on that is the meaning that you give it, right? So, like, if anything you make is meaningful to you, right, then it's meaningful. And you should, you, if you feel driven to do it, you know, and it's going to help you grow, you should do it because it's meaningful yes. to you. And if yes. it's meaningful to somebody else, that's a plus. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and Mark Gaffney would also say that that all the whole God has this sort of quality of Eros where there's this animating sort of life force energy that's bringing it all to life. In other words, that that animates the mind. Right. And, and it's this erotic energy, this, this energy of, of, you know, life creation, right. Of like life happening. And, um, 
So you could think about that as the all, like, so in other words, you, what you desire, what you deeply desire and like what you, uh, what's meaningful to you, right. And what you truly give the most fucks about is in a sense, your, or your North star, right. That mm -hmm. you're orienting to is essentially your, is it's, it's the all it's the Eros it's the co cosmo erotic energy of, of the universe yeah. animating you. So in other words, it's, you're fulfilling the desire of mind or the imagination of mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just animating you. Like what makes it, what makes it happen? Like what makes you curious yeah. about something? What makes anything happen? It's just, yeah. it's just a thing that, you know? And so I, I feel like uh, this idea of taking or bringing intentionality to designing your life, to being the architect of your reality from the level of what is my North star? Like, what is the thing I'm orienting to? And then reverse engineer from there, the, the design of your life that gets you there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or orient you in that way, right? Cause it's not a destination. It's a journey, right? Yeah. But orients you in that journey of, of um, yeah. Like the person that you're meant to be. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'd say I'm thankful for like uh, uh, Joseph Campbell's work and Young's work. And many other people's work you know that have helped me figure out my north star you could say right and so um i think people will appreciate the effort you put into it someone will right and you will so it's valuable but uh what i'm saying is like um people gotta find their path you know what i mean if it's a tool to help them find their path that's great you know like uh yesterday Last night I was actually kind of saying you know, like a weird prayer before I went to bed, you know, I was giving thanks to people, which I usually don't do. It's like, thank you for the, these people. And I was thinking about, I was like, thank you for all those that caused me harm. And thank you for those that thought I was worthless. And thank you for those that desired me to fail, you know, because they, and I truly meant it. I truly mean that, you know, I'm so thankful for those people, dude, that, treating me so fucking bad you know like or you know just such disappointments you know i think I'm so thankful for those people man because it turned me into being who i am i could it's like a node you know i'm like oh there i am you know there i am and it's like okay i see you now hello yeah you know? yeah before you, i you before i wouldn't see it you know what i mean totally so it's like it's if God's knowing itself and I'm peace of God, then I want to know myself, man. You know what I mean? I want to really try to, at least. It's like, and that's like love, dude. You know what I mean? It's like love for myself. Yeah. You know? And from the, and from the soul level, like you're, I totally agree with you. It is. And that's really compassion, right? It's to having that love for yourself deeply enough that you it expands beyond your skin to yeah. the other beings in the universe. Right. And, for those so people that yeah. treat me poorly too, man, because they're like, yeah. they're the they're a reflection of of me in a way, showing me who I am, and I'm showing them who they are. You know yeah, hundred percent. I mean? Yeah, and and from the perspective of the soul, it's like your, yeah, it's really it's a sacred mirror showing showing you a deeper, you know, a deeper level of of who you are, like just like you said, you know. Yeah. Because so like the mistakes though, like uh, your tool, you know, or the things, I'm not saying that this is what you're trying to make, but people try to make tools that like end suffering. You know what I mean? But suffering is like, 
you got to have that stuff, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I don't wish suffering on anybody, really, because it sucks, and I don't wish it on myself. <laughs> but if it did come, I would hope I'd be able to carry it, you know, and learn from it. Yeah, I mean, so. and that's the advantage of having, like, a good operating system running, like yeah. Stoicism, where you see the obstacles as the way and as gifts from the gods to make you harder, make you stronger, make you sharper, make you more compassionate, right? And more aware and more conscious, like all the things you just said, you know, those people were the, they were the path and they were, they were on that path for a reason, right? So yeah, yeah it's just, it's like, if you don't want it to be different than it is, then you won't suffer and yeah. just accept what it is like Amor Fati, accept your fate. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think of life as more of like an artwork now than a linear process that I'm trying to like reach a an end goal in. I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Okay, life is speaking to me in this way now. All right. See, you know, see where that goes. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, this person just showed up in my life. It's like, I wonder what that's all about. You know. Yeah, I know. I start seeing this name, especially after Carl Jung. Man, you start thinking about synchronicities yeah yeah i see the red book behind you it's like uh, i'm just i'm about to start it soon i haven't i haven't read it yet but i've got it on my shelf yeah you'll see how crazy he went so yeah and he, and he wasn't taking any drugs so you can imagine yeah i know it's, it's wild well lee this has been a pleasure this has been fun man thanks for yeah. uh your glad time to, dropping yeah. in glad to get to talk to you again yeah it's always fun to pander around philosophically and uh you know bounce ideas back and forth this is yeah, i'm looking at my notes i'm just like holy shit we kind of covered some interesting territory <laughs> <laughs> yeah you made me you made me question some stuff and think about some new ideas so i appreciate it man i was like yeah always man you too like um i think that's the beauty of being open-minded and having like a, a, a space for good faith conversations where you're not trying to like make the other person less than or look bad or like prove them wrong or anything. You're just trying to curi like engage curiosity and neuroplasticity and actually learn something, you know, and maybe explore a new space you haven't been in before. So yeah. yeah and they, like you're a fellow explorer for sure. So it's always fun to, to talk to you. <laughs> thanks, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, thanks again. You have a, you have a great day. You too, man. Yeah. Cheers. Take care.